There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your setting. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone. Welcome to the Star Power Podcast on the Fangirl Zone, a podcast where we discuss Stargirl on the CW channel. I'm Steve. I'm Cosmic Staff Dave. And I'm Sean Fangirl S. And today we'll be discussing episode three of season two of Stargirl. Well, that was quite an interesting episode. Dave, your initial reactions? Yeah, I liked it. Well, I like them all. I get a few theories on how this is going to work out. I noticed there was a, seemed to be a theme here, the old bench theme. Who gets benched? Who gets, I mean, it goes through the entire episode. Right. Benching yourself, being benched by somebody else, and then, you know, seeing if you're going to be benched again or somebody new. Yeah, I don't know. I give it four out of five park benches. <laughs> <laughs> Sean? I, okay. I liked it, but I wasn't like, oh my God, this is great. Mostly because I'm still trying to wrap my mind around Thunderbolt because he seemed kind <laughs> of like a jackass. <laughs> so yeah. it's, I think it's just going to take me a minute to realize because when he had that talk, I was like, oh, wow. Okay. So that makes more sense. But yeah, for most of it, I'm just like, what, what, what? So I say yes, but I'm not like, yes. So. <laughs> yep. I guess he just needs the right person. Right. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Sorry, Mike. Yeah, you are not it. Yeah. Yeah, I enjoyed the episode. And like Dave said, the theme throughout the episode was how to deal with being left out. And of course, Pat was the first one to experience being put on the bench and not being part of the team. And now Mike is going through the same thing. And yeah, we do kind of get a brief touch towards the end where Pat and Barbara are kind of discussing that, but we don't really see the connection yet where Pat's really identifying with what Mike is going through. And I think that's going to be key going forward. If Did that I doesn't just, happen, then Cindy's got a chance. Yep. I just kept feeling though, like he was doing a typical dad thing, like just trying to keep him safe, keep right. his son safe. Yes. Which I get. But then even at the end, the very last scene, I was like, wait, what? So there was just some question marks, which we'll get to, of course. Oh, absolutely. I got my tinfoil ready. All right, Dave. <laughs> Episode three, Summer School, Chapter three. After getting a taste of superhero life, Mike pleads with Pat to let him join the team. Elsewhere, after seeking help from Thunderbolt, the JSA prepare for a confrontation with the Shade. Bum, bum, bum. Bum, bum, bum. Just FYI, Dave, I have a whole new roll of tinfoil, so when it happens for me, I'm be ready. Okay. Be ready I always keep a, a jumbo roll. That is, <laughs> oh, should I buy a regular roll? Nope. So we open with a flashback to 11 years ago during Christmas time. Sounds familiar. This is right before the original JSA was killed off by the Injustice Society, and Johnny Thunderbolt has been benched along with Pat. While Pat understands this a bit, Johnny feels like the team's quote-unquote charity case. 
despite having one of the most powerful abilities. But as we've seen, things kind of can go awry. However, this changes when the original Wildcat comes in, warning them that the Injustice Society has Solomon Grundy. Oh, great. (laughs) While Johnny's invited back into the fight, only JSA members are on call, so this does not include sidekicks. Sorry, Pat, you're still on the sidelines. Plus, Wildcat points out that Pat has a kid and he needs to stay safe for him. But I thought we had learned that almost all of them had kids. Yeah. Yeah. So Pat's the only one that they knew had kids? Because that's mentioned at some point in this episode too, right? Or was that last episode? I'm getting my episodes. Did you talk about the legacies? Yeah. Okay, that was last episode, right? Yeah. Well, let's see. Our man had to change. You should know he has a kid, right? Even though that. He had a different name. Yeah, he came to his cruel brother or brother-in-law or something right, like yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Sure. So yeah. that must that I think that was a secret, even from the uh, JSA, right. yes? So they really did keep their kid's secret. Somehow everybody knew about Pat's kid, though. Yeah, I know. Dumb sidekick. Next time, <laughs> secret. <laughs> yeah, I think they were just trying to keep him out of harm's way because Wildcat didn't sound real positive about taking the ISA down. <laughs> yeah, was that the first time we saw Johnny Thunder? Did we see him? No, was I he's... think this is the first time we've seen Johnny Thunder. Wow. I thought all we've seen was like the top of his head, basically, as he got pulled away by the shade. No, that was Dr. I mean? Midnight. Yeah, that was Dr. Midnight. Oh, 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 oh. That would have been cool, though. Yes. <laughs> Trying to hide in that stupid suit. Who wears a bright green suit to battle? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so back in the modern day, Mike is on his paper route. The one he hates like crazy because he's just tossing things, <laughs> papers yeah. left and right. And a group of bullies stop him and harass him. Boy, I'm so surprised. Yeah. <laughs> After returning home and continuing to be kept out of the JSA loop, Mike gets a call from his boss, having to go back out and deliver some more papers. Pen doesn't work, so he goes into Courtney's room and grabs <laughs> The pink one. Oh, no. To jot down his new houses to re-deliver papers to. Yeah. What are the odds? Yeah. I want to know how he has extra papers. I'm sorry. Anybody who's delivered papers knows right. that. Yeah. You don't have extra, and they're there, like, at the crack of dawn. So, right. this just seemed weird. Well, it's just an extra customer, maybe not a, a shortage of papers. So, while on the route, he sees the words so <laughs> cool plastered all around him. <laughs> and I mean, they're everywhere. Street signs, and and of course, he turns a corner and crashes his bike. When he finally gets up, he says, so cool aloud, and the pink releases a pink sentient being named Thunderbolt. And Thunderbolt explains that he's practically a genie, and he will grant his user's wishes. However, he takes things very literally, like when Mike wishes for some water, and instead of getting him something to drink, Thunderbolt douses him in water. That was kind of a jerk move. Number one. See, that's what I'm saying. And on top of that, Mike can only wish for something once. He cannot wish for someone's death, and he cannot wish someone back from the dead. Well, that's important to know. Mm -hmm. So we're using like Aladdin genie kind of rules here? It kind of sounds that way. (laughs) You've got to be very specific what you wish for. Can't you just wish for someone to be trapped under a boulder? Yeah. (laughs) For the rest of their life. (laughs) So while Mike learns about Thunderbolt's powers, the JSA are debriefed about the Shade's abilities by Pat, learning he may be ageless, can, can control shadows, and travels through darkness. 
Pat also discloses that the Shade killed Dr. Midnight, and Beth insists they bring him to justice. While the JSA talk about the Shade, Barbara comes face-to-face with the Shade while she goes through William Zarek's things. He's looking for a box with audience's nose held Eclipso, but Barbara's not willing to give it up. Good for you, Barbara. The lights go out, and the Shade steals the box from her. That was kind of freaky, because if you're ever in, like, a darkish room, mm-hmm. and somebody just kind of walks in, and you're not expecting them, yeah. Do you, you think it could contain, uh, contain the menace of a possible R-word? I thought it would go there in this show, but being attacked. Right. Oh. That R-word. Yeah, I don't think they'll go that far in this show. No, I don't think so either, but that menace was there, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't sure Barbara was going to get out of there in one piece. Yikes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm just thinking, great, they're going to kill off a, a non-JSA member right away. It's going to oh, be... Oh, God. I'm like, hoping Amy Smart has a really good contract is yeah. basically what I'm wondering <laughs> at this point. But, hey, let's talk about Mike, because he is eager to test out his new powers. He finds the bullies targeting who? A Girl Scout. Now, first wow. of all, that girl would have probably been like, no, 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 hold on. I'm going to tie you down, because I've learned 12,000 different types of knots now. <laughs> <laughs> so they just and, menace, it's just an- another man menacing women again. Wow. Yeah. And weird. I'm looking at him, and she's a younger girl. So I'm saying she's probably, based by what she was wearing, supposed mm-hmm. to be fourth grade. Yeah. Third to fourth grade. I didn't catch, I think the sash was brown. But those kids are like, what, high school kids or yeah, at no least kidding. eighth grade? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Weird. High school kids, and she's probably eight. And they're going to steal her cookies. And none, what was it? None of those shortbread cookies. I'm like, uh-uh. Yeah. You do not start talking about trefoils. All right. Because <laughs> the rest of the troop's going to come and stomp you. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. Going beyond Girl Scout cookies now. But I was watching this and I was just getting so angry. I'm like, what kind of jerks do this? Mm-hmm. So Mike, of course, wishes that they would stop. And Thunderbolt's like, oh, I gotcha. But he literally dropped stop signs that keep getting slightly bigger right in front of them and all around them and mike tells them wait 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 wait! you need to cut it out he's like i can't until they stop right like, oh god <laughs> this is like quite literal but i thought he was gonna like freeze them or something right but the whole stop sign thing that was horrible but in the midst of all this happening yolanda and courtney start hearing a commotion as they're walking along and come around and See a stop sign drop into a car. But they didn't stop the guys because didn't one of them run off? Yeah, they all ended so, up running yeah. off. But I was kind of surprised one didn't fall on one of the kids and just take that him out right then you. and there. <laughs> yeah. But as everything's going on, Mike's like, hey, guess who's the newest member of the JSA? Yeah. <laughs> He's so all happy. And I'm watching this going, this isn't going to turn out well. No, because Pat immediately disapproves of this, telling Courtney she should have never brought the pen out of storage, but she reminds him that he should have been more upfront about what the pen was. She should not have been a little whiny kid. Right. I'm going to take everything. I don't care. And Pat then demands Mike give him the pen. However, every time he tries to, the pen returns to Mike. That was awesome. (laughs) So finally, Pat demands Mike Summon Thunderbolt so they can talk. 
And once it's just the two of them, Thunderbolt explains how Johnny wished that Thunderbolt would go to someone who deserves him, and that he works best for someone like himself. Hence why he chose Mike, who's been feeling left out. Take I the hit, actually, hit, Pat. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I was actually, like, a little choked up when he's like, yeah, his last wish was that I find another friend. I'm like, oh, that's rough. He will. And then when he explains <laughs> about how Mike's feeling all alone and left out, it's like, oh, this is just twisting the knife. Yep. You know Pat had to feel horrible with that. He should yeah. have, at least. <laughs> <laughs> well. While Pat doesn't want Mike on the team, the rest of the JSA vote for him in, so since they've all been in his position. Together, they come up with a perfect wish to locate the shade without Thunderbolt misinterpreting them. It works, and the JSA go to capture him as Pat plans to lock him in Barbara's tanning bed. <laughs> <laughs> However, it also cures COVID, but let's not get into that. Hope they're giving him sunscreen. Yeah. yeah. However, Pat decides Mike should stay back to be safe. Oh, yeah, he handed that down. Despite this, Mike tries to come up with his own wish to help them even more. Yeah. That was a freaking essay. Yes. <laughs> I'm glad they had a whiteboard. <laughs> I know. That was insane. I mean, yeah, they filled up that entire whiteboard for one wish. And Mike's like, I got this. It's like, no, Mike, no. <laughs> it took only, all of you. Yeah. And they only read about two sentences of it out of the whole whiteboard and then they get shown that the shades at Zarek's house. It took me a minute to realize who Zarek was. Thankfully, they explained it because I was like, oh. <laughs> but when they head over to Zarek's house, he appeared to have been waiting. Like, he knew they were coming. He's just chilling at the dining room table. He's not there to be confrontational. But Pat was like, wait a second, this is weird. Because <laughs> he has tea and he's got everything placed out. And he's like, let's have a conversation. Didn't that remind you of Alice in Wonderland, though? Tea party. Oh, yes. well, hell yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, if a mouse pops up and asks <laughs> why a raven's like yeah, a writing really. desk, I'm going to be like, what's going on here? But the shade is like, let's just talk about this for a minute. And Pat finally has everybody sit down. And I'm sitting there going, this is a smart move. And of course, everything's coming to mind. Don't drink that. Don't eat that. What if it's poison? <laughs> right. But the JSA is. I think more along my lines of thinking, except Courtney, who's like, let's beat them up. But they believe that the shade is just as bad as the Injustice Society. And he reveals, I only worked for them because our interests aligned shortly. Because I didn't like iSkull. He was <laughs> like kind of crazy. But the only thing worse than someone trying to take over the world is someone trying to save it. And he says that and he kind of smirks at them. Right. I was like, oh, okay. But he also claims that Beth doesn't know what she's talking about when she proclaims that he killed Dr. Midnight. Yeah, and now my, I'm starting that, to wonder. That's my tinfoil hat theory. I'll save it for their end. end yes, of your absolutely. Section. Oh, I was like, <laughs> absolutely. Because I, I was starting to scratch my head and I feel like I have to go back to season one. But according to the shade, he has no evil plans for Blue Valley. As long as the JSA stays out of his way, there'll be no problem. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that sounds like totally up and up. And Courtney, of course, keeps questioning him because Courtney is Courtney. At least she's not throwing the staff at him. And the shade insists, I'm not being coy. I'm simply keeping the information from you for your own good. And I'll think it again. Very condescending, though. I just want to point out Courtney's arrogance at the beginning of the episode, too. Like her whole told you. Told you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> 
calm down, girl. You may not have all the answers yet. No, you're dealing with stuff you haven't dealt with yet. So <laughs> Pat has the only knowledge. You better. I don't even to know him. if Pat knows all of this one, though. Oh, no, probably not. No, he doesn't. The JSA do not learn if he's telling the truth or not. Or what we can do next, because Mike burst in wishing Thunderbolt would shock the quote-unquote shade, not a lampshade, not <laughs> And while Thunderbolt obeys, saying, what do we say, gotcha, buddy, <laughs> the shade easily beats him back. I thought it was going to kill him. Right. Well, both Mike and the Thunderbolt. I was like, holy crap, what's happening? What happened? Do you mean stronger than Green Lantern? Yeah. I was, oh, yeah, she just kind of wandered off. But the shade's powers pretty much takes everybody down from the JSA. And the only thing he couldn't grab, not really, was the staff because, well, it was emitting light. And the shade escapes looking kind of ticked off. I think he like almost hissed. And the JSA was looking for him for a bit while Yolanda checks on Mike and asking if he feels bad about killing Icicle in season one. That's after he was actually up and moving and they were outside. And I was like kind of upset that she went this route, but I'll explain why. Because when Mike explains he wasn't really thinking about it, he was just driving really fast. And well, there he was out in the middle of the street and bam, he was done. Yolanda's like, you mean it was an accident? And Mike says, well, yeah, kind of. I felt bad. And and this is where I was kind of mad because Yolanda is dealing with a lot. And we know that she is like PTSD from taking out her bad guy. But it's like she wanted to share that and not share the, I don't know what to do, but you feel bad too, right? Like we should, we're all feeling bad and, and horrible. And that's why I'm like, don't put that on that kid. I mean, I'm sure he's not exactly feeling great because he ran somebody over, but I mean, <laughs> I did him. just like in yeah. high school at that point. So maybe it wasn't as bad. Well, for a kid, it was fun. He did burst into a ice cubes. <laughs> yeah. Funny, but it is different. She couldn't tell her priest. Which is kind of a father figure, right. but she can. She shared it with someone else that you know has a shared experience snuffing somebody else. Still, I don't know. Mike wasn't eye to eye. She sure was. Right. I think yeah. that's all that's- Yolanda was looking for was somebody that's gone through the same, a similar experience as her that she could talk to. Right. She was just kind of searching Mike out to see if he was having some of the same feelings she was, and not quite. <laughs> okay. Well, okay, I can get that. I can get that. But Dave, would you like to talk about your tinfoil hat? All right. Okay. Okay. So uh, I'll get right to it. The shade didn't kill Dr. Midnight. Nope. Nope. He did drag him away, as we saw. Yep. And the, the big clue to all of that was at the very end, which I guess it's part of my part. I'll get to it at the end. Right. And he's standing on the, um, the town hall clock and he says he's going to kill those kids. And I'm like, wow, he's worried about the kids. Right. Yeah, that's what I was like really scratching yeah. my head we'll about. Get there, so that's when I thought, oh, he didn't kill Dr. Midnight. He dragged him away to some, I don't know, through some, transported him to the shadow world. I'll call it the shadow world. He saved him. And he's with uh, he's he's obviously afraid of Eclipso. And he's afraid for the kids, as we're going to learn. Which, to me, well, he's going to need Obsidian to enter the shadow world to bring these guys back, if they get that far. But at first, of course, Eclipso is going to ruin all this, or try to ruin all this. Uh, I don't know if Eclipso will capture Todd, because we know Jen's out there looking for Todd, who's Obsidian. And we know in the comics that Obsidian, Shade, and Eclipso are all tied together, even with Val and Scott. And 
if my tinfoil hat theory comes true, he may not be able to get people out of this shadow world once he gets them in there. That's the shade. But Obsidian can. He might be able to travel through the darkness back and forth and rescue everyone. But will Eclipso get to him first? Right. Oh, my gosh. That's yeah. like very complicated. Well, that's comic books for you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and another theory going around is that Shade is a combination of both Dr. Midnight and himself, and that's why he wasn't so eager to attack the JSA and is concerned about keeping them from Eclipso. So it's basically Ooh. the same as, uh, similar to Dave's. This is interesting. You guys, oh my gosh. So much stuff, guys. I think you, you also wondered in, in the last episode, well, I had one of my tinfoil hat there. He says that Stargirl is the true daughter of Starman. He's, he's just from another world, that's all. Right. She doesn't know, which means Barbara doesn't know she's from another world, too. Yeah. <laughs> She'll find out. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and uh, I don't know whose jaw will be at lowest on the floor, but it might be Pat. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. <laughs> So back at the homestead, Pat and Barbara sit Mike down afterward to talk about what he did wrong. Courtney tries to have his back, especially since she made plenty of mistakes earlier in her career as Stargirl. Hold on, hold on. Made plenty yes. as a past tense? Yeah, she's still making mistakes. Yeah, and yeah. From her point of view, she's not. <laughs> and my, However, Mike understands where his parents are coming from. He then wishes Thunderbolt was in better hands and his wish is granted with the pen going elsewhere. Well, that was kind of a dumb move. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I guess if you're so used to saying something that you're not used, you, you don't even think about it. Right. Yep. That's exactly what Mike did. He wasn't thinking and he just, it just came out of his mouth and then it went, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> <laughs> and it went to the right kid, I believe. Another lonely boy. Yeah. Sister calling him a loser. Mom threatening to have his dad call him. And so Now, was that one of Mike's friends that yes. was talked about in, okay, in season one, right? Yep. Sure okay. it is. Jakeem. Yep. So once the kids are in for the night, Barbara reveals to Pat she learned what the box the shade took had, as the inventory listed it as a prop diamond, but Pat knows this is actually Eclipso's diamond. And things just got worse for them. <laughs> oh, Except yeah. They don't realize that Shade doesn't have it, but Cindy does. <laughs> Someone's going to figure it out. Oh, yeah. Well, wait. She doesn't mention that it was empty? I thought she did. No, I don't think so. Hmm. Yeah, I don't think so either. Think okay, so everybody's going to be thinking the wrong thing then, especially if she didn't mention it was empty. Right. Ay, ay, ay. So Pat isn't the only one aware of this threat. Beth is trying to get Chuck up and running again. After telling Rick about her parents' <laughs> divorce, the goggles come back on. But they still do not recognize her. They warn Beth that they are in danger because Eclipso is here. Shade also realizes this is true. When he opens the box and sees no dime, he realizes Eclipso is out. He will kill the children, so it's likely Eclipso will play a larger role in the upcoming episode. Boy, I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so here's my question for you guys. Since the shade had seen there was nothing in the box originally, and he still wanted the box, and then he like feels the box, and he's like, oh, he's coming for him. Do you think, from how he mentioned his interest aligned shortly, it was he wanted to get Eclipso and take him out of this realm? Like you said, like into the Shadow Realm or something. So basically, he would stop being the horrible person entity that he is. Yeah, or he had his own designs right yeah i believe maybe. he had his own designs for eclipso but it 
wouldn't have affected Blue Valley personally. Yeah. And uh, it seemed legitimate to me that, that the kids are in trouble and he realizes the kids are in trouble. Right. And I think, think, you know, that ties into my. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, because you guys think he's like a combination. Yeah. Well, I think he's a combination. I think he has a a shared interest. And he said he he only had a shared interest with the uh, ISA. So who knows what his grand design is. But uh, I I think they know there's bigger trouble that he needs to stop. Right. You know, and that he really did. He really did save Dr. Midnight. And hopefully this all brings this will bring Jan and Obsidian back and everything else. Right. And yeah, it's very possible that the Shade will end up teaming up with the JSA to stop Cindy in a an Eclipso. Yeah. Hopefully, maybe in the last episode, he'll, I don't know, work with Obsidian after all the storm and drying and battles are over and say, I have a job for you. Come with me. Right. All right. Anything? Well, we have a season three, so who yep, knows? We sure do. Any other thoughts on this episode? Nope. Nope. All right. Well, we'd love to hear your thoughts on each and every episode this season. Our Deadline for feedback is 6 p.m. Eastern every Friday during the season. You can send your feedback, be it email or audio, to contact us at fangirlzone.com. Please review and rate us on iTunes and any other platform you use for your podcast with good ratings and reviews. It helps the other fans of the show to find us. Tell your friends, and we hope you're enjoying our podcast. And don't forget to check out the other great Fangirl Zone podcasts. There's so many of them. So (laughs) many. So just look for them. And if there's a problem... Because we've noticed certain countries are having problems getting all of our episodes. Please let us know so we can address that right away. But while you're at that and you're out in the interwebs, check out www.fangirlzone.com. You can hit our contacts page. It's so much easier to send us something directly if you don't want to use contact us for some reason. There's all of our emails and Twitter and Facebook and everything. And so for this episode of the Star Power Podcast. This is Steve. Well, turns out the girl who cried wolf was mm, right after all. Damn it. <laughs> this is Sean Fangirl S. And don't mess with Girl Scout cookies. Ha. And this is Cosmic Step, Dave. And we need a little, I don't know, violin or perhaps some piano music now. Because it is time for Cosmic Step, Dave's Poetry Corner. <clears throat> hmm. What's that stench? It's called Sitting on the Bench. Just when you thought things were fine, you're riding the pine. You've been played for a fool, just a simple tool. I don't know, from here, everything is not so cool.